Hello, Graceful Warriors. Are you ready to dive deep into the Word with God? Well, look no further. Join the spiritual journey on the Graceful Warrior podcast. It's your faithful companion on this incredible adventure. As a Christian-based show, we're here to help you armor up spiritually. Well, what's in it for you? Early access. Be the first to listen to our inspiring episodes and bonus studies. Delve into deeper insights and reflections. We also have live streaming and chatting. You're able to connect with fellow warriors in real time. And last but not least, we have merchandise coming soon where you could wear your faith and help support the show proudly. If you say, hey, I'm in, how do I sign up? Well, down below in the show notes where it says how to find me and all the different links on where you can find this podcast. Go to number nine on that list, click that link and hit membership. You have all three different tiers there that you could sign up. Hey, thanks for listening. Have a blessed day. Well, hello, and welcome to Coffee Break with God, the podcast where we explore the wonders of faith in everyday life. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm so glad you're here. Each episode, we'll have a conversation with a guest who will share their stories, insights, and wisdom on how they connected with God in the midst of their busy and chaotic world. So grab your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you like, and join us on a coffee break with God. Well, hello, Graceful Warriors. It's Coffee Break with God Friday, and I'm your host, Monica Hansen. We have an awesome special guest with us in the studio today. His name is Kelly Kay, and, and you may have seen him on YouTube, but he's an, a, a pastor, an author, a YouTuber, social media influencer, and man, has he got a story for us today. So please welcome Kelly Kay to the show. Hello, Kelly. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, man, it's been a blessing to have you come on, and and um, I'm really excited for this story because I think it's going to really reach... Um, a lot of parents, as well as the younger generation. And um, so for those that don't know you, as far as the parents, <laughs> you yeah. know, give us a little bit of background. Where are you from? And um, yeah, just sure. give us a little bit. Sure, sure. So I'm a, uh, I'm a, a pastor in uh, Kingfisher, Oklahoma. So I'm right near Oklahoma City. Um, I'm also a full-time traveling evangelist and an author. So I write books. I oh. travel all over the country and preach at churches, camps, conferences, you name it. If, if they'll have me speak, right. I, I, will, I will go there, right? <laughs> right. He's on so fire. That, He's just like revving yeah. up that engine. Send me, Lord. <laughs> That's right. And then I, I do, you know, I do daily um, videos, with different Bible studies, or just answering tough topics, uh, hard hard questions it. on uh, TikTok is my main platform, but I'm on YouTube, Instagram. And uh, I see that as a mission field, as social media um, you know, we were always talking about sending people overseas, and that's great. I'm all for that. But, man, mm -hmm. we've got a wide open mission field right here just on social exactly. media. I mean, we can reach 
you, you know, we're, I'm, we're reaching millions of people a week. So uh, exactly. I just take that seriously and, and uh, I get on there every day and you know, broadcast the message. Right. You know, if if the disciples knew what we had today, right, you know, and where they no could doubt. take, I mean, you think about it and, and where they had to travel. And it really is, we often forget that the ministry sometimes is right here in our own hometown. Yeah. You know, we go out everywhere except our own hometown. For sure. And, uh, and what, what a great day and age we live in where, I mean, you can just, you got this computer in your pocket that you can pull exactly. it out, turn on a camera and you can preach the gospel to millions of people all exactly. over the world. It's truly amazing. It really is. Oh my goodness. So, um, so you are all over the place, like you said, in social media and you said, you, you know, people come on there and they ask you questions. Mm -hmm. What has been the craziest questions you've been asked and what was your answer? You, you know, I can't, I can't just think off the top of my head what's the craziest question because I've been asked some pretty quick crazy questions. I bet. Uh, what's the ones that really they're funny to me, but not funny at the same times are people ask me almost every single day, you know, is it a sin to blank? Is it a sin to smoke? Is it a sin to drink alcohol? Will I still go to heaven if I blank? If can I listen to right. secular music and so and no matter how many times I answer these type of questions. They just keep coming. And right. it, it just, it shows where people, where they are really, because it, that's mm. the wrong question. The question yeah. isn't, can I do this and still get to heaven? It's, am I going to do this in heaven? If not, why do I want to do it now? Right? Yes. Like, yeah. We are so concerned with getting into heaven, getting in the gate, but that is the most easy part. It's just mm -hmm. the belief in Jesus, right? We put our faith, hope, and love and trust in Jesus. What we need to be focused on is, not everyone's eternity is going to look the same, right? right. And that's what right. a lot of people get stuck on that. They think, oh, we're all going to heaven. We're getting a mansion. We're floating in the clouds, hanging out with our loved ones. But the Bible shows us that eternity will look different for diff for every person because exactly. your eternity is based on how you live your life here. So exactly. every word, every thought, every action, that's, that is building your eternity. So my thought is, can I do this and go to heaven? Absolutely. Sure. But why do I want to? Is this building my eternity? Is this getting me closer to God? You know, those are the questions we should be asking. So those you know, always it, crack me up. Yeah. You know, it even goes to, um, it's so funny is that I was just thinking about this as you were talking is that even Paul says, you know, everything's permissible, but not everything is beneficial for us to get yep. involved in, you know, that's the verse I use the most when teaching on that is, you know, he says all things are lawful for me, but not all are beneficial to me. Meaning now that Jesus came and paid the price for all sin. I mean, I, I have yeah. the ability. Do I want to smoke? I can. It's bought and paid for. Do I want to drink? Uh -huh. I can. But is it going to benefit me? Is it going to benefit my life? Is it going to bless somebody else's life? And if it's not, why, why are we doing it? Why are we wasting exactly. our time? Right? Think about that for a minute, huh? There you go. <laughs> Look, eternity doesn't start when you die. It starts when you meet Jesus. So exactly. if you will realize that we're not waiting to get to eternity, we should be living every day as if we're already in eternity. When I wake exactly. up, it should be, would I do this in heaven? If I was in heaven, am I going to do this? If the answer is no, why am I doing it on earth today? Right. Yeah, we should exactly. be living as if it's in eternity already. That's why the Bible says that our mind needs to be focused on heavenly things. We need to have an eternal mindset. Uh, that'll change the game if we would just do that. Yeah. And I mean, it's so important, too, is that's why, 
you know, Paul says that we need to renew our mind every single day, you know, day. and it's renewing it in the word of God. That's and, right. Um, without it, you know, we're, we're, we're going to on a full collision course with the world and yeah. we'll end up following that wide gate, you know? Well, I mean, think about it. Your, your mind is a busy place, right? I mean, you yes. got your thoughts, you got the devil whispering lies and to you all day. And then yep. also this is where God speaks to us the most is in our thoughts. Correct. So that's why, you know, people ask me, God, or they'll, they'll say, I can't hear God. Or how do you hear God speak? God never speaks to me. I'm like, no, he's speaking to you all day long. The problem exactly. is you don't recognize his voice because yep. you got you in here. You got the devil in here and you got God. That's why we have to take our thoughts captive and renew yes. our mind daily. So every thought you have has to go through the lens of does this line up with the word of God? Is this then, me? Is this the devil or is this the Lord? And yep. once you start to figure that out, then you'll realize, man, God is speaking to me all the time. Yeah. I just didn't recognize his voice before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to come even to the realization that even in my life, I started looking at different things. And I've been like, man, Lord, you've you've been speaking this whole time. It's just sometimes I have to stop and recognize that yeah. and go, wow. You you said that you and and all of us are testimony, and that's why I like having um, coffee break with God because of listening to everybody's testimony. It confirms how the Lord is speaking to this person, that person, this person, and I go, oh wow, He was doing that with me, so He's yeah. the same yesterday, today, and forever, you know. <laughs> and, so good. And it's, it's amazing, but um, Kelly, um, I wanted to give you that opportunity to go ahead and just share your testimony for those that don't um, quite know who you are. Give, um, give us your testimony sure. and how you came to the Lord. Absolutely. So um, I, I grew up in a very godly home. Um, mm. My parents were amazing Christians. I'm so grateful to them for that. Like, I can't ever remember not knowing who God was. Um right. I, I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was nine years old. Um, wow. I had a radical healing encounter when I was about 10 or 11. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, I felt God. I felt him. Like, I can't even explain to you at uh, 10 years old. And uh, I had just a radical healing. So from 10 years old on, I, I've never been able to say there's no God, right? Like, I know. Wow. Yeah. There's God. Um, but when I was a, a teenager, you know, in high school, the, the problem with growing up in a very godly home is that you can become numb to it, you know, exactly. where seeing God move and just how amazing he is just becomes just that was just part of my everyday life. So I kind of yeah. uh, got, got numb to it. So in high school, I started playing music and I really wanted to uh, to be a rock star. I wanted to be, you know, in a punk band. And and that's kind of where my all my efforts were going. And I got to a point right out of high school where I was, I was actually working as a youth pastor, interning with a youth pastor mm -hmm. and playing in a punk band at the same time. And I, I finally realized I had to make a choice. You, am I going to keep following God and pursue that? Or am I going to pursue yeah. music? And uh, I'll be honest with you. I just told God, Hey, I know who you are. I know you're real. Um, but I want to do what I want to do. And right. now, right. and, and I, I knew I was opening myself up to the possibility that if I died, I was going to go to hell and uh, right. I was okay with that at the time. Um, looking back now, that was the dumbest decision I've ever made. Right. Right. So I started to pursue music. Um, I was playing in bands at the time. The The problem is all the bands I were in were just wildly mediocre. 
Uh -huh. And uh, we, we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't get a record deal, you know, and we were trying and trying and trying. And um, finally, our band started to fall apart because we, we didn't you know, we never got a deal. But I had made a lot of friends in the music industry through all of this. And so when I kind of realized my dream of being a rock star was about to die, I thought, all right, what what can I do to keep this going in some form of fashion? And uh -huh. I thought, well, I know how music works. So if I could just get a job in the industry. I could still get in, right? I could still be right. in the music industry. So I'd met these guys that ran one of the biggest management companies in the world. I mean, they managed, you know, this is in the early 2000s. So they had Nickelback, Candlebox, Saliva, mm -hmm. Three Days Grace. I mean, just all the, the biggest rock bands of the time they the managed. Them. So uh, I started calling them every single day. <laughs> and I, no joke, every day I called these guys and asked them for a job. And every day they were like, no, they're like, who, who are you again? You know, like, we barely know you. They're like, where'd you go to school? I'm like, oh, I didn't go to school. They're like, <laughs> like, do you know how many people want to work here that have master's degrees and like all, you know, and they're like, stop calling. Wow. But every single day for six months, no joke. I didn't let up. I don't care if it was Saturday, Sunday, I still called and left a message and asked them for a job. At the end of six months, my lease was up on my apartment. I was living in Oklahoma City at the time. And uh, I just, I decided I was going to be real bold. And I made my mm -hmm. normal phone call. But this time, I didn't ask. I didn't say, can I come work for you? I called and I said, hey, my lease is up on my apartment. I'm selling everything I have. And I'm coming to work for you for free. And uh, wow, <laughs> they were like, they were like, excuse me? I was like, I know. I, was, I told them, I said, I know music. I know rock and roll. If you will just give me a chance, it'll be worth it for you. And I remember they hung up the phone. They said, let us talk. We'll call you back. And they called me back that evening. And they said, all right, if you want to work for free, they said, come on. So uh, wow. over the next three days, I sold everything that I owned. I uh, sold my car, sold all, all my possessions. I had one suitcase and about $5,000. And I hitchhiked to Texas where there were this off. They had about seven offices but the main one was in Texas at the time. And so I got down there. I started working for free for three months. I worked for free for them while sleeping on one of their couches. And wow. uh, after three months, they fired their assistants and gave me that job. And then about three months after that, they put me out on the road as a full-time tour manager with some of the biggest rock bands in the world. Oh, and, my uh, goodness. Yeah. So I felt like I was living a dream at this point. Right. Like, right. Right. Here I am. Uh, I'm like 22 years old, traveling with the biggest rock bands in the world, just living this fantasy life. Uh, so far from God, though. I mean, I was uh -huh. a million miles away from God. I wasn't even focused on him at all. And uh, I'm out on this huge arena tour with Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Great, Great, Seether and Red. And uh, I was Red's tour manager at the time. This was during their first album. And yeah. we had been renting a Prevo. So if you know anything about touring, most bands, the, the big buses that they're in, that the brand is a Prevo. So we'd been renting uh -huh. one. It was really expensive. And we decided to buy our own. So we bought a Prevo, but we had two days in between when we would drop off the rented one to pick up our new one. So in those two days, we just got a 15-passenger van, and we had two shows to do. So we were just going to do them in a van. Right. So the last show was in South Carolina, I believe. And we were going to drive back after the gig from 
South Carolina to Nashville, pick up our bus and then continue on the tour. So we're driving back. We're in this 15 passenger van. I'm asleep in the very back seat. We've been driving about 12, 13 hours and we are 20 minutes outside of Nashville. I mean, we're almost there. It's right. almost 6 a.m. I'm asleep in the back. I wake up. Now, normally when I would wake up on tour in the mornings, I would put my uh, headphones on, get out my computer, start working, you know. Right. Uh, I never went back to sleep. And I always had a hoodie on, always. Well, this morning I woke up. I took off my hoodie, which was really weird. And then I didn't put in my headphones. I laid back down and went back to sleep. But I rolled over and laid on my back. I'm a stomach sleeper. The, all this is very weird, very out of character. Not uh -huh. I fell asleep instantly. Normally, it takes me a long time to fall asleep. Well, from when I went to sleep, I'm talking five minutes later, a construction company had left a guardrail overlapping into the highway right outside of Nashville, and cars were having to swerve around it. But since we were in 6 a.m. traffic, we were in that lane, and our driver couldn't swerve because there was so much traffic. And he right. hits this guardrail going 70 miles an hour. And oh it completely peeled the side of the van open like like just a can, like a can opener. Just right. dripped it. And I came out of the side of the van at 70 miles an hour, fully asleep. <laughs> I woke up sliding on the highway on my back. I thought I was on fire. I woke up in a full scream. And right. all I knew was I'm burning. I'm burning alive. Like I'm burning to death right now. I was screaming right. and I finally stopped sliding. And I realized I'm not on fire. I just came out of the van. Like we were in a crash. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, it, I, I tore 90% of my back off from right underneath my neck all the way down. Um, just oh sliding on the highway, just completely destroyed it. And uh, what's crazy is that when I stopped sliding, I know you've, most of you probably can't see me because I'm not sure that all this is video, but where I was laying, there was a truck right on top of me, but it had hit our trailer, and so it wasn't on me. It was right above, right above me. Like I could see the truck. Above yeah, me. so you could look up. Yeah. So the paramedics said when they got there, had that trailer went the other way, that truck would have ran over me, would have completely killed me. But because my the trailer goodness. came the same direction, right? It saved my life. They said had I had my hoodie on, it would have killed me because. When I went through the metal, they said that hoodie, all that extra material would have got caught in the metal and thrown me under the van and it would have ran over me. They yes. said I've been sleeping on my stomach where I came out. I had this huge cut um, on my head. They said I probably would have slipped my throat had I been laying on my stomach. Mm -hmm. They said had I been awake and gone through the crash and tried to brace, it probably would have killed me because uh, of me trying to brace. Yeah. But because I was completely limp and asleep. So what I want you to see here is that God completely saved my life by doing all these little things that I had no idea in the moment were five minutes later were about to save my life. And um, yeah. I spent the next three months in and out of burn centers, um, having my back um, repaired, which is some of the most horrible pain I've ever been oh, through. Debreeding. If you ever hear anyone who's gone through burn treatment, um, yes. it's it's awful, it, awful. Yes. And so that was kind of that incident right there is was the first step in getting me back to really giving my whole heart to the Lord. I, I, I wish I could tell you that instant right there did it. 
But to be honest with you, and this is not a healthy mindset, but what I thought was when that happened and I didn't die, my first thought was I'm death proof. I'm invincible, you know, because I remembered after that crash happened, I remembered when I was 13 years old, I heard God very clearly call me to ministry. He told me I was going to travel the world and preach. I was going to preach in arenas. I was going to preach in different countries. Like he showed me this vision when I was 13 years old. And so after the crash, I thought, oh, I can't die until God fulfills this plan. Like, I'm good. He's going to. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible mindset. Horrible mindset. Uh, <laughs> so after that, I, you know, I, I didn't go back out on the road because I had a bit of PTSD and I couldn't sleep in vehicles anymore. I definitely couldn't sleep in a tour bus. So it kind of ended my touring days for a while. Um, but I still had to make money. But uh-huh. since I'd left the office and become a tour manager, I couldn't go back and work in that office anymore. They'd already given the assistant job to somebody else. I was a tour manager now. So um, I started doing promotions for bars and clubs uh, out in mm-hmm. the Texas, West Texas area where I was. That led to me doing um, insult comedy. So <laughs> this is crazy. Here's, here's what's crazy about God. All right. God gives us gifts in our lives and the gifts are without repentance, right? Meaning he's not going to take away your gift. For me, I have a gift of, I can see people, I can read people. And I have a gift. I have the ability to speak. I can think really fast on, on, you know, on my toes and I can speak. I do. Obviously God called me to be a preacher, right? That's the gift. Mm -hmm. The gift is without repentance. However, it's up to us to decide if we're going to use that gift to glorify God or to glorify ourselves. So at this time, I'm doing insult comedy, so I'm just making fun of people. So clubs would hire me to come in, they would whatever their slow night would be, and then I would just get on stage for four to six hours a night with unscripted and just made fun of everybody in the bar. And these wow. were turning into the most successful nights that these bars had. I mean, they went from having seven or eight people on a Tuesday to having a line out the door with needing uh, security. Um, wow. Yeah, because people wanted to come see other people get made fun of. Our, we live in a dark world. And for whatever yeah. reason, we think it makes us feel better if we watch somebody else get crapped on, you know? And right. that's, that's so wrong. But what I realized is I was using the gift God gave me, but I was using it for the world. I was using it right. for the devil, honestly. Right. Um, so I was doing this. Uh, I met my wife in this time. Um, we got married. Uh, but the problem was I'm married now. I'm not on the road with bands anymore, but now I'm in bars six or seven nights a week, eight to 10 hours a night. I'm coming home at three or four in the morning. I'm drinking every single night. Um, I come home, I go to bed. My wife gets up, goes to work. She comes home from work. I go to the club. Yeah. That's not, you can't live a life like that. And you know, we have kids. And so it's, we we got to the point in our first year of marriage now, while I'm doing all this, that we were probably going to get divorced. We, it was, we weren't serving Jesus. We weren't living for God. And here's my thing though, is I I hate divorce. Um, I I watched my mom, my mom got married 17 times. Uh, so I have, I hate divorce and my mom is amazing. God has changed her life. She's awesome now. Right. But Uh growing up, I had to, I had to watch divorce after divorce. So even far from Jesus, I said, you know what? I'm not getting a divorce. I hate divorce. So right. I told my wife, I said, I'll, I'll quit doing comedy, but we're going to need to move out of this area because I was a local celebrity out there. Like I, everywhere I went, people knew who I was. 
I mean, you might have hated me because I made fun of you, but most right. people really, you know, it was the just, name. It was, yeah, everybody knew you. So I knew we had to leave there. So we decided to move back to Oklahoma, where I'm from. Um, and now I got to find another job, right? I, I, and I'm I'm getting somewhere with this in my testimony. I want you to see that right. my whole my whole life is looking about how to make Kelly famous, how to make Kelly's name great, because I just felt empty on the inside. And I thought the only thing that would bring me fulfillment is if you told me you loved me. I wanted everyone in the world to tell wow. me they love me, right? And then I would feel better about myself. Um, so we moved back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I get a job with the, the baseball team there, the Drillers, as the on-field MC. So now I'm, <laughs> I'm out, in, you know, that crazy guy in between innings that trying to make you yeah. laugh. Yeah, you that was that guy. <laughs> and what, I, what I learned about that, though, is that there's not too many people uh, rushing to get the autograph from the on-field MC, right? Mm -hmm. So it was still a spotlight job, but it wasn't quite good enough for me. So I left that, and I start trying to come up with the next plan to how I'm going to be famous. And mm -hmm. I came up with an idea for a TV show. And I was going to go pitch this um, idea to Fox, and I'm driving to Fox to pitch on my idea. And no joke, I, I can't say that it was the audible voice of God, but I can't say it wasn't either. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It was right. so loud to me in the moment. And I'm driving to Fox, and I just hear the voice of God say, Kelly, I'm still waiting for you. I have a plan for you. Oh, and my gosh. I, I think a lot of people would be happy that you hear the voice of God, right? Especially when you're far from him. Uh, but I wasn't. I got furious. And I remember right. yelling back. I said, God, I have tried serving you so many times and I fail every single time. I said, I'm sick of it. I said, if you want me, I said, I'll open my heart to you, but I'm not doing anything else. I mean, I just kind of made a deal with God. And again, I don't recommend doing this either. But that's <laughs> just honestly, this is you where were I honest was. with him. Yeah. You and I just honest. said, God, and I meant it. I said, God, I'll open my heart. Meaning if you want to change something in me, I'll allow it. But I'm not making any changes myself. No joke. The next day when I woke up, it was like every desire I had shifted. Like right. I didn't want to listen to the same music anymore. I didn't want to watch the same things anymore. I didn't want to talk the same way. It was like I had this hunger for God that I have never had before. I yep. just started watching sermon after sermon after sermon. Like It was yep. crazy. And then I finally got to the place where I was like, all right, I want to start going back to church. So I tell my wife, you know, and I've got five kids. So I tell my wife, hey, let's. I want to start going back to church. And she's like, no, she goes, you've done this before. You'll take us. We all love it. We start going and then you stop going. And then I'm left to take the kids alone. She goes, I'm not doing that with you again. And I was like, you know what? Fair enough. Uh, so I started going by myself. I said, I'm still wow. going to go. And it, about three weeks in, my wife was like, all right, something's different. Like you're not acting the way you used to, you know, and, right. and they started going with me. My wife gets saved. My kids get saved. Wow, come on. We, just, yep. we all get on fire for God. And I'm like, all right, God, you, you, you told me you wanted me to preach. I'm ready now. Like, let's go. And mm -hmm. uh, I sent over 100 resumes to 100 churches saying I'm ready to preach. You know, I, I come from a ministry background. I sent a picture of myself, which if you can't see me, I, I got a lot of tattoos, piercings. I look like I came out of the music industry. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I send out all these emails with this picture. I'm ready to preach. I got a call of God on my life. Let's go. You know how many emails I got back? How many? Zero. 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 Not one, not even a reply, not a no, no, thank you, nothing. And I remember going to God going, God, what's the deal? Like you right. told me to preach. I'm ready. You've changed my life. No one's opening the doors. And um, I remember hearing God again say, I want you to make videos and post them online. And I told God, 
no. I was like, no way. I was like, the internet is mean, man. You know, yeah, they like, are. and back in this time, you know, I was, I was almost 400 pounds, you know, I'm, I'm not like right at 200 now. So I've lost a half of me, but I was a big, I was a big guy. And I knew, I knew the internet, they're going to make fun of me. They're going to be mean. Not only that, but you got to think a lot of my friends are like super famous celebrities at this point, right? I'd come out of the music industry. I didn't right. want to lose my friends because now they think I'm a Jesus freak, right? And so I'm like trying to negotiate with God, anything but make videos, anything but make videos. So I said, <laughs> I said, God, I'll write a blog for you. How about that? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, start, I started writing a blog and nobody read it. And God's like, wow. I didn't tell you to write a blog. I told you to make videos, right? Exactly. So I finally lost the battle in arguing with God. And I said, all right, I'll make a video. Now at this point, um, I'm kind of jumping around here because the, none of the churches responded to me. I decided to get to enroll in seminary to go to Bible school as well. Um, I thought, you know, if they don't like the way I look, if I have a degree, it's going to be hard to agree with, hard to disagree with that. So uh-huh. I'm going through Bible college at the same time. I finally say, all right, God, I'll make a video. And I'll never forget the first video I made. I just held my phone in my hand, completely unprofessional. And I did this video and I, I titled it, Satan Doesn't Attack Like Mad Max. Um, that <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road movie had just come yes. out and I loved it. And <laughs> I made this video about how Satan doesn't just come attack you all guns blazing. He comes little by little to yes, just sift you away so that one day you wake up so far from God, you have no idea where you got there because it was little by little. Exactly. I made that video. 92 people watched it. That's it. 92. But something happened in me that I wasn't expecting. And that was this, this sense of fulfillment came over me. And I realized this is what I have been looking for my entire life. This, it felt so good to not make my name great, not to try to make me famous, but to make him famous, to make the name of Jesus famous. And it was like something clicked in me and God's like, that's it. That's what I've wanted you to get your whole life. And he said, if you will get this, if you will make my name famous, he said, then I'll elevate you. But if you're going to spend your time elevating your own name, I can't help you. And and you can see how far that's got you, right? So the next day I made a video and the next day I made a video and the next day, I mean, you couldn't stop me from making videos. You're on a roll. I'm telling you, I was on fire. And (laughs) the videos went from 92 views to 200 views to 500 to 5,000 to 50,000 to 500,000. And then they started getting millions of views. And Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016, I released a video on Facebook called, Is It a Sin to Get a Tattoo? And Uh that video did like 3.2 million views in one week. Here's what's crazy. After that video came out, my phone rang, started ringing off the hook for churches asking me to come speak at their church. And what God showed me was, it was so cool. He goes, the thing that kept you out of churches, like when I sent my picture and my resume was all my Uh tattoos. He said, the the thing that kept you out of churches, he goes, that's the same thing I used to put you in them. It's the exact same thing. So since that day in 2016, um, I've been a full-time traveling evangelist. I have not worked um, a regular job since then. I just travel and speak and the fulfillment has only gotten greater and my love for him and my fire for him has only increased. And I'm telling you, we've been burning bright for about 10 years now, just uh, doing this ministry thing. So that's, that's the short version of my testimony. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's powerful. That's powerful. You know, um, here's, 
after watching uh, several interviews with you and um, listening to your story, and I'm, I'm familiar with your story, what I often recognize is that, you know, even in your story, when you said that churches were not allowing you to come in. Yeah. And when I found you, I was like, look at this young man. I mean, just full tatted, got this piercing, yeah. got the, you know, the hat to decide, you know, it's like, wow, you know, God says that we, we're going to reach every generation, yeah. you know, and it doesn't matter what we, what we look like. It's the, the, the intent of the heart, you know, Absolutely. so even with, you know, the, the way you still decided to keep you, the appearance of you. Yeah. That has had to have some effect is how does that help you to minister and share the gospel to sure. your generation out on the streets? It goes both ways, actually. Um, it, yeah. it does help a lot, but it's it's hurt me a lot, too. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's sad, but that's just the way it works. Um, the best part about the way I look is that when you see me, you don't think preacher. It, that thought doesn't even come. Right close man right so right i love it. my favorite thing and i fly a lot for work you know for a living i'm constantly <laughs> flying my favorite thing this happens every flight i get yeah. on you know, I know where you're going yep and i fly, i like to fly southwest you know because you get uh -huh. your bags for free but you also get to pick your seat but understand right. when you're on southwest you're not picking a seat you're picking a person right there you go so, <laughs> so i'll be sitting there and sure enough, you get people coming down the aisle and they're like looking at me and most, you know, really well-dressed people are like, no, nah, I'm not sitting by that guy. Yeah, don't sit there. And then finally <laughs> somebody will pick me that kind of looks like me or you can tell, you know, they're, uh -huh. you know, they got a little edge to them and they sit down and this happens all the time. Uh, some guy will sit by me. They'll start talking. They're just cussing, just, do, just being themselves, telling yep. me about the party they had that weekend, showing me pictures of girls on their phone. <laughs> Asking yep. me if I want a drink, you know, <laughs> without fail, 30 minutes into the flight, every single time they'll go. So what do you do? And I go, oh, Here we I'm, go. I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. And they're always like, what? No, you're not. I'm like, yeah, no, I am. And then it's like a switch flips and they change their voice. Well, you know, my wife and I have been thinking about getting back into church, you know, tell us about yes. yours. And I'm like, bro. I already know who you are. I already saw your hand. Right? Exactly. You already showed me what you're holding. I like that yeah. version of you a lot better. But yeah. that's that's how a lot is that people don't expect to get what you get when you meet me. So I get to see into people for who they really are. So I have right. to get a voice into their lives because this is not what you're expecting. Also, there's a lot of you know churches that will actually bring me in. I have so many people that will come up to me afterwards and say, man, thank you so much for just being you, I felt comfortable for the first time in church because you look like me, or I didn't feel exactly. like I was being judged by the pastor because of the way that you look. So, man, I mean, you look through the Bible, those who yeah. have been forgiven of much, love much, right? Yes. And it's the yes. people that look like me. A lot of us, we have a lot to be forgiven for. And right. so many times, those are the people for whatever reason that we try to keep out of our church because, oh, you gotta, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. No, no, no. You just need to come and let Jesus love on you. He'll change the rest of that. He'll exactly. change all the, the outward opinion. Don't worry about that stuff. So, yes, yeah. it's definitely been a, a help for me, for sure. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of churches I would love to preach in that won't allow me to to come because mm -hmm. of the way that I look. And, uh, and I want to be honoring to them. I don't agree with that necessarily. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time, you got to do it the way that you feel God's calling you. But um, there right. has been 
there's been churches that booked me to come and speak and then call me back like a week later after watching videos of mine and been like, yeah, we changed our mind. Like wow. you're a little too edgy for us, you know? And wow. hey, it, it's all good. So it does go both ways. But the good news is, is I can reach people you can't and you yeah. can reach people I can't. Exactly. And ultimately we're all one body accomplishing the same goal. And maybe I look different than you. It's no big deal. God's going right. to use us all. Amen. We all have a purpose. Amen. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's the, you know, it, it is, it's just the way we reach everybody and how God gives that talent. I mean, the Holy spirit chooses who yeah. he gives that talent to, you know, and how we reach each other. But, um, um, so tell us a little bit, since uh, you're an author, and yeah. tell us a little bit about your your books that think about that books. Sure. Okay. Well, so actually, I have three books out right now, and then a fourth oh, yes. one about to come out. Um, my first two books, uh, the first one is called Reckless Love Revolution. It's just about mm -hmm. loving people to Jesus. The second one after that was called Get Lit, Stay Lit, Spread It. That book's about how to get on fire for Jesus and not burn out, because we can mm -hmm. live on fire 24-7. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Um, and then the last one that came out last year, which this has been the book that kind of put me on the map uh, as an author. Uh, this newest one is called Think About That for a Minute, Volume 1. It hasn't even been out quite a year yet. Um, but because of TikTok and, and the people sharing the videos and, and, and uh, just loving the daily Bible studies, Think About That for a Minute has been the number one Christian growth book on Amazon for seven months in a row. Uh, wow. It just God has just blown my mind with what he's doing with it. So the purpose of that book, it's very different than my other books. Um, when it came time to write, I was asking God, what do you want me to write my next book about? And I just really felt like he kept telling me, Kelly, the words of you won't change anybody. It's my words. It's God's words that's going to have the power to change. And then I realized we are living in the most biblically illiterate generation of all time where yep. no one reads yep. the word of God anymore. And we yep. wonder why we're all burnt out, why so many Christians are beat up, broke down. Psalms 1 says if you meditate on his word day and night, you'll Amen. prosper in every season of your life. Exactly. But Christians aren't prospering. Why? Because they're not meditating on the word. Exactly. So I was like, all right, God, you want me to write a, a devotional? I will. Um, my next thing is, though, God, I don't like devotionals. <laughs> you know, and there's there's <laughs> 10, it's like, God, there's 10 million. There you go, trying to compromise again. <laughs> well, I. You know, I've learned. So this time I didn't try to compromise. I just said, God, let's get very clear on what we're doing here. Right. I don't want to put more noise out there. Right. Right. So I started just buying all sorts of devotionals just to look at them to see what I like, what I don't like. And what I realized, most devotionals all use the same scriptures. You know, the I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And mm -hmm. uh, the Lord is the shepherd. I shall not want John 360. You know, just the big ones, which they're all great. But right. what is the truth? The truth is every word in the Bible can change your life. Exactly. Every exactly. verse is filled with power. So I said, all right, God, if you want me to write a devotional, I'm going to write a devotional using scriptures that most people would never write a devotional on. And right. just to show people you can get something out of everything. So the idea of this book is we take a scripture every day. There's a breakdown that can be read in five minutes. It doesn't have, You don't have to spend all day doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's an application for your life because... The Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the yes. word. If you hear the word and walk away and never apply it to your life, you've wasted your time. What are you doing? Right. Right. So there has to be application. So there's an application. Then there's a prayer for the day. And then there's space for you to write down what God is speaking to you because our relationship with God shouldn't be one sided. 
But for a right. lot of Christians, it is. It's us complaining to him all day long about what we're not happy about. God, I wish you would mm -hmm. fix this, change this. We don't even let him speak into our lives at all. That's so true. this book is designed to help you get into a healthy walk with the Lord. If you will right. just put these things in, into play, read the word, meditate on it, think about it. That's the breakdown. Apply it to your life, spend time in prayer, and then let God speak to you. Boom. Yeah. If you will do that, I'm telling you, it'll change your life. And the response that I've had from people from this book is that it's been life changing for them. And I have to give all the glory to God because I didn't even want to write this at all. Right. Didn't want to do it. Right. But he's changed my life through it. So that's volume one. Volume two is about to come out now. I mean, any minute. I don't have an exact release date. I was trying to get it before Christmas, but we pushed it. Um, but it will be out any minute. And I'm really excited about that one as well. Wow. So, I mean, I've even read, I've, I've ordered your, your revolution book and I'm waiting okay. for that. I ordered that Tuesday. And so I'm waiting for that. But um, I mean, I even looked at just even the sample of your think about that devotional and I showed it to my own boys and they're like, wow, that didn't take a whole lot of time. Exactly. Was, you know, and so many of them, it's like, unless it's in the, um, on the TV or they're doing their Xbox PlayStation games, right. they don't want to put any effort to anything, but something like that just went ahead and grabbed his attention. He was like, wow, I could do that because it's not asking me so much of my time. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, exactly. and that's why I did that because I you know, I was just kind of polling people and to see what, you know, what are the struggles when it comes to having your, your quiet time with God or your relationship with God. And what most people said is, you know, they would make a plan to get in God's word and spend time with him. But they would normally plan like I'm going to do an hour a day starting tomorrow. I'm going to do an hour a day. Right. And then they don't they don't quite make it an hour. What happens? They feel bad. They feel guilt. Mm -hmm. They feel ashamed. Why is the devil trying to make mm -hmm. them feel that way? So the next day. They don't even start again. Why? I didn't make it an hour yesterday. I can't make an hour today, so I might as well not do it. Right. That's the thing, right. You see what I'm saying? So what I want to yeah. do is show you, it doesn't have to be an hour. Let it be right. five minutes. Start to develop a hunger for God's word. You don't have a hunger for it right now. That's okay. Yeah. But once you start to see the effect of spending time with God, you're going to want to do more. So I wrote these so that you could literally think about it for a minute. Right. Exactly. Just take you a couple of minutes and you're in his presence and your life is changing. It doesn't have to be some big task. The good news is if you will start doing this for just two to three minutes a day, it won't be long before you're spending an hour with God just because you love to be with him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's um, and why you were um, telling your story. And one thing that just came to mind, I was like, when you had that accident and you changed over to all the different careers and came to the mm -hmm. Lord, were you able to have that opportunity to go back to those guys and say, Hey, I want to share something with you. I've changed and I got to tell you about it. Were you able um, to do that? Did you get the opportunity? I have with a lot of them. Yeah. With a lot of people from my, my past. I mean, just from who, what I do, there's not a whole lot of people that haven't seen me or seen what I do, especially right. people that used to know me. So a lot of them actually reached out to me, um, mm -hmm. especially when this first all wow. started. People were reaching out going, hey, is this really real or are you yeah. is this a your new plan to be famous? Right. People, re right. people really asked me that, you know, and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, this is real. Like, I don't care if anybody knows my name. I just mm -hmm. want to make his name famous, you know. Um, but, yeah, I did. I have had lots of opportunities to go back. I've got to lead some of those people to the Lord. Um, and then there's wow. still some that I'm still believing for. 
And uh, what's, what's really cool is about five years ago, I actually got an opportunity to tour manage again. So I don't know if you remember the band Wang Chung from the 80s. Yes. You know, everybody yes. had fun tonight. I'm actually, <laughs> yes. I'm their current U.S. tour manager, and I have been the last five years. I go on tour with them every summer, but now I see it as a mission field. And uh, I've got wow. to, so we, we do Lost 80s Live. So it's like Wang Chung, Flock of Seagulls, uh, Tommy Two, all the big 80s bands. There's like 20 bands. Uh -huh. And I've got to see um, Radical Healings, God Heal Them, um, Save Them. I've gotten to pray for these guys. So now I have an in in this, this rock and roll world as a Christian, right. which doesn't happen a lot. Um, no. If you're in rock and roll, they don't want anything to do with Jesus. They'll, they'll exactly. kick you out and find out you're yep. you know, Jesus guy. But yeah. because of who I am, what I look like, I, they don't see me as a pastor. They see me as just another guy out there, part of the crew. But mm -hmm. God has been showing up on these tours, changing lives like crazy. And man, it's wow. an honor to get to, to serve that way. It's really cool. Wow. So what what actually, you know, if as people are watching this, why would you not go ahead and just go, okay, I'm going to look like that that typical quiz, Christian and get rid of the earrings and the piercings and everything. What made you say, you know what, I'm going to stay who I am? You know, the thing is, is that I'm, I'm my heart is open to whatever God wants to do. If God were to speak mm -hmm. to me right now and say, Kelly, get those earrings out, get that out of your lip, I would in a heartbeat because my, my, my goal is to please him above all else. But when right. you learn that Jesus came to bring freedom, not bondage, he's about right. setting free. It doesn't matter what you look like. He's looking at your heart. Why exactly. do you want to look like this, right? So I mm -hmm. use the way that I look as a witnessing tool. Now, there are some people that are going to come to Jesus, and you know what? They're going to change their whole image. Right. You always have to go with the peace and the conviction that God gives you. For you, you may need to change the way you look because he's got a plan for you. And to accomplish that right. plan, you've got to right. change. For me, this is what he wants me to do. This is exactly where he has me, and I have a peace about it. I don't have any... Um, uh, condemnation or uh, conviction. And if right. I do, that's when I change. People should always follow peace. The devil exactly. pushes with stress and anxiety. God leads with peace. So, you know, for each, each person is going to be different. Um, whether right. you should get tattooed or not, whether you should get a piercing, whether you should change the way you look when you get saved or not. Um, what is God telling yeah. you? And for me, he can use me a lot better looking like this than I think he could if I, you know, if I tried to look like something else, I'm going to come across as fake. And uh, I think a lot of people recognize the the genuineness of what right. I'm doing. This is not an act. I'm not trying to look rock and roll. I'm not trying to look Christian. I'm just trying to look like me and tell you about like Jesus, you know, yeah. and people yeah. recognize that. So you got to be true to yourself. Yeah. yeah, that is so, so awesome. And I think it really just goes to show you that, you know, so many different people, even when we look at the Bible times and how the disciples struggled with, no, Jesus is only for the Jews. You know, right. he's only for that. And Paul took it to the Gentiles. And the fact that Jesus calls everybody, he he wishes that all would get yeah. saved and come to the knowledge of him. And it's going to be like, I think, really think, too, is that when his glory goes across the whole world, his glory is known that it's going to call the prostitute and it's going to call that right. gang member, the drug dealer, the heroin yeah. addict, you know, all of that. And we, as the body of Christ need to be ready for every color coming in 
every tattooed person, prostitute, you know, drug addict, we've got to be ready to accept. And if we can't accept them now, having Kelly come into the church and minister, what's going to happen when the great harvest comes in? You're absolutely right. You know, I mean, in Revelation, the Bible tells us in Revelation that we overcome the devil by two things. What does he say? By the blood of the lamb. That's Jesus, right? And by the word of our testimony. Your story, your story is the most powerful thing you have. So exactly. your story is going to be different than mine. Mine's going to be different than yours. But I love that it didn't say we we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by memorizing scripture, by quoting right. scripture, by preaching good sermons. It doesn't say that. It says your right. testimony. That means your story. People try to argue the Bible. Don't argue the Bible. There's atheists that study the Bible that know it better than you just so they can catch exactly. you. Exactly. But what exactly. no one can argue with you is your story because it's yours. Hey, what exactly. does the Bible say about this? I don't know, man, but here's what I do know. This is what my life looked like before Jesus, and this is what it looked like after. And the only Amen. thing that happened was I let Jesus change me from the inside out. <laughs> Who can argue that, right? And so, yeah, yep, our story is can. powerful. That's the most amazing most amazing tool we have. Amen, amen. So, Kelly, if somebody wants to get a hold of your book or even invite you to come to their church, how would they get a hold of you? Absolutely. You can go to kellykministries.com. Um, all my information is there. My books are there. You can also get my books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, anywhere books are sold. Um, you can get my books there as well. But for more information on me, if you want to find, you know, like I said, I do daily Bible studies, daily encouraging videos. Um, you can find all of that from my website, uh, kellykministries.com. Uh, thank you, Kelly, so much. You know, I've looked oh, at thank you. I've watched your videos. I mean, I love your think about that moments. They're real short. They get straight yeah. to the point and, uh, and cause the listener to really think about that. And I love how you, you take stories. You just like, well, we know about, you know, Jesus being born in a manger, but have you thought about this? And right. the way you come across and tell that I was like, wow, I never thought of it that yeah, way. The, so the Bible's alive. It reads us. You should be able to read the same story in the Bible a million times and get one million things out of it. So my exactly. whole purpose in doing these videos is just showing the Bible in a in a perspective or a thought that maybe you hadn't had yet. You know, that's right. what I want to do. Right. Let's look at it from another angle. And uh, it's people have really they really resonate with it. it. So it's really yep. worked. I see it. I see it. And that's why I had so, to get you on here and say, hey, let's share your story. And I'm glad you I did. love what you're. I love what you're doing. I want to send you a few of these books if you want to give some away to your listeners. I would love to. I would love to give some for you and your sons, and then I'll send you some extras. So if you want to do a giveaway, however you want to do that, you just yes, we'll do a giveaway. That's right. I appreciate it, Kelly. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you for telling your story. And uh, for those that have not found Kelly K yet, I encourage you. Get on YouTube, TikTok, get on his Kelly K Ministries and check him out and even share it. Share it with your product. Thank you. Share it. Share it everywhere you can. So thank you, Kelly, and God bless you. You as well. I'll come back anytime you want, girl. You hit me up. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us on Coffee Break with God, a podcast for anyone who wants to grow in their faith and discover the amazing ways that God works in our lives. 
I hope you enjoyed our inspiring conversations with our guests from different backgrounds, perspectives, and walks of life. So whether you need a shot of inspiration or a dash of encouragement, or even a scoop of reflection, I hope this podcast is your perfect companion for a coffee break with God. Till next time, who's up for a second cup of coffee?